<clears throat> What's up, everybody? Welcome to, or welcome back to, Tuesday Bro Newsday. You know, it's that stream that used to be a live call-in show, and it used to be called Tuesday Bro Tuesday, but none of that much matters anymore because what we do nowadays is we sort of unpack a little bit of the news that's been going on as it relates to, you know, the world of vaping, tobacco, smoking, cigarettes, nicotine, tobacco control, tobacco harm reduction, and the such as. <laughs> I am your uh, I'm your libertarian freedom-loving host, uh, Grim Green, uh, now joined by our resident fact-checker, subject matter expert, you know, far, far-left, sort of deep state. <laughs> it's Danielle Jones. Socialism! <laughs> Spreading that no. far-left agenda all over the place. No. You peeked no. out pretty hard right there. That was great. No, no I am firmly moderate. Sorry firmly for moderate. people. That's okay. Yeah, rest in peace, headphone users. But welcome. Welcome back to Tuesday Bro Tuesday. Like I said, we got a lot of stuff planned today. It's mostly going to be revolving around nicotine like it says in the title on the thumbnail the big you don't do nicotine documentary kind of came out i watched it a few times we're going to be talking about it i guess as far as like maybe a re we're going to review it a little bit speak a little bit to it i thought it was a really great document i want everyone to watch it just right out of the gate i'm going to try to yep. keep i don't want any like big spoilers in here because there's so much information it's hard it's hard it it's difficult to even break it down. Like I started doing that. I went this, the second time I started watching it, I'm just taking furious notes and then I pause it. And I'm like, I'm only 20 minutes into this movie and I've got like a page of notes already. It's just a lot yep. of information. You know, it's a yep. lot of information, but we're going to, you know, talk about it, break it down, talk about it a little bit. Um, there is some other news and things that I have planned. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about nicotine from the standpoint of Filter Magazine, and they did a great article, paper, I guess, ab about nicotine. Uh, it's really, really super in-depth. We're going to touch on that a little bit. We're going to touch a little bit on anti-nicotine hiring policies, how there are companies out there now like U-Haul, which I should have brought. I don't even have a tab for U-Haul, but U-Haul is anti-nicotine. They're not hiring smokers or, or anybody that, you know, uses nicotine. I don't know how that's not uh, discriminatory in nature, but we're going to talk a little bit about that. And uh, we're going to wrap it up with, uh, we're going to wrap it up. Elon Musk. Going to mention something about Elon Musk towards the end of this Tuesday, bro, Newsday. So, you know, get excited. Be prepared for that. But welcome, you guys. Welcome. We're here to talk about news. We're here to discredit the myth-making machine. And we're here to push the tobacco harm reduction agenda. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty accurate statement. Discrediting the myth-making machine. That's my favorite thing. So the first thing I wanted to mention, this was the weirdest, this was the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. Now, you Danielle, you've built uh you've done websites and stuff like that. You know, and you buy <laughs> like you buy stock images. Yeah. And oh, yeah. such as, yeah, you buy some stock images here and there. And I bought some stock images for, let's see, uh, th this post. I made this post on grimgreen.com just about uh, surveys, some surveys that I was trying to get out there for vapors to do. And I bought this photo of this woman vaping an e-cigarette. And, you know, you can kind of put your own caption underneath it. But, but what happened when I bought this photo and I loaded it onto my website, it, it came 
with with a description like already included in the metadata of it. So I I you know I loaded it into WordPress and it auto filled in this little description. Look at this little description, this caption for the photo. Smoking and vaping may be unhealthy and addictive and pose health risks to your lungs. That was just included. I just bought a photo and that caption was in the metadata of the photo and wanted me to use that as the caption of the photo on my website. I feel like that's really super sneaky to just uh, put that yeah. in there. Doesn't that feel really sneaky? It does actually yeah super sneaky and i'm going no. i've never seen that before actually it was i've never seen it before either and i just i i you know like i said i uploaded it to the website and you can put in your little caption so i changed the caption and i changed it to something from the cochran library but the default caption smoking and vaping may be unhealthy and addictive and pose health risks to lungs that's there's no there's no like Here's where we found this information. Yeah, no source Here's, yeah, no, yeah, no sources, <laughs> no sources at all. But that is, yeah, baked in propaganda, Charlie. I would describe that as baked in propaganda. Yeah, I would. And imagine if you're just running, you know, whatever. You you have a news site or something, and you're trying to report on nicotine or vaping or Evoli or something like that. And you go, I'm gonna buy this picture and use it, and then it just auto loads that on there, and it's on your site now. That's crazy to me that just seemed smarmy that just seemed weird i don't like that Ugh. it should just be blank right i'm not yeah, wrong I, here i agree it should be blank they should just be pushing their agenda right on your stock photo yeah it's a stock i know it's a stock photo it's a stock photo like what happens if you download a stock photo of like a shark does it give you like little shark little shark attacks happen every you know do they, do they throw their little shark agenda on there? I mean, I feel like I probably have never had this situation because when I get a stock photo, I always take it into Photoshop and resize or crop or do things and then sure, save a new sure. version that I oh, upload. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get you. So I've never like uploaded yeah. the default file that you yep. get. Like I always alter it. Nope. So I've never seen that before, but I did not know that that happened. Yeah. And that is kind of creepy. Kind of creepy. Kind of creepy. Scott Runyon in chat says, I can't believe Nick had to buy a picture of someone vaping. Yeah. But here's hey, the man. thing. I know. I'll, see, all my, I wanted it to look I a little bit. I will defend him. Right. I, I wanted it to look a little this. bit like a little professional, you know, not just like a picture of Dwayne just vaping with a mech mod. Right. You know, right. I need something that looks uh, journalistic. Is that a word? We all use stock photos. Is that a journalistic is a word? Yeah, Scott Runyon. Yeah, we all stock photos. Yeah, for sure. I use them all the time. Yeah, stock photos. And journalistic is a word. Okay, good. It's totally a word. Definitely a word. Okay, so now that we're that past that little bit of smarminess from the stock photo website still blows me away. Um, I had a few more things I wanted to mention uh, real quickly, you know, before we get into the main meat and potatoes of this You Don't Know Nicotine movie is uh, who's going to be surprised? It's the Veritas cohort study. I, I, I've been promoting this. I'll continue to promote this. I'd like people to be involved in it. Now, this is for vapors. If you currently vape, but you have smoked less than 50 packs of cigarettes total in your life, you could be a part of this study. It's going to be a big study. I'll post a link down in the description where you can get more involved. And still, still going strong since like 
When did this call to action happen, Danielle? Wasn't it like July? I would look in the history of it. We, I thought it was like July. tracks the history. Oh, I think, really? I think it was last year. Yeah, look in that little history section. July. Oh, it says uh, July twenty, July 18th, 2020. Okay, all right. It's been a while, man. It's been a while, but we still have an active... Vape mail, call to action. We need to keep vape mail legal. We're rejecting S-1253 here. I've given this speech a trillion times. We can track it on GovTrack, 42% chance of passing. I feel like that's not uh, that's not unreasonable to get turned around. It does have some pretty heavy bipartisan support. Call, email, calls to actions, keep doing it, keep calling, keep calls to actions. Um, I, I don't wanna imagine uh, like, January 2021 when it's like, oh, S1253 passed. They had a, you know, a little thing and I don't want to see this bill pass. No. No. This would be no. This would be detrimental. Catastrophic, no. right? This is worse than a flavor ban. This is this is the worst. This is literally just cutting off people's access. Well, exactly, because it would force all online companies, assuming they can even survive in this climate, right. to use uh private carriers so we're talking fedex ups mm -hmm. a that's way more expensive way. b those guys could change their own private company policies anytime they want yep i mean they could start i know that fedex has been a little dicey in the past i've heard with vape companies with before vape stuff yeah so we're at their mercy mm -hmm. and the third point is they don't i don't know if everybody knows this fedex and ups do not deliver to every person in the country if you are too far out, too rural, and then it is not cost effective oh, really? for them, they do not service you. Absolutely they just say, not. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. They either say sorry, not sorry, or they actually contract out to USPS. And if they won't deliver, then that person ain't getting no vape mail. So you That's guys, ridiculous. this is bad. This is, this pretty is real bad. bad. This could limit access for a ton of people. This could make things way more expensive. This is just bad all around, you guys. We need to oppose this. Please, please, please call, email, write, tweet, all the things. And then just repeat. Call, and then email, tweet, and then take call, a break, email, tweet. Yeah, and then take do a break. it all over again. <laughs> yeah, take right. a break. Call, email, retweet, call, email, tweet, call, email, tweet. I'll have a link down in the description. Don't even trip for the CASA call to action. One more thing I just wanted to throw out there real quick. It's what we talked about uh, two weeks ago, I think, the... Progressive Policy, policy Institute? PPI, yeah, the Progressive last Policy week. Institute. Was this last week that we did mm -hmm. this? Okay, this was last week with the, that we did this. And this is, I think this is a really important link, especially considering who we're trying to reach out to and be appealing to. But this was a Democratic think tank, and the big headline on it was the impact of electronic cigarettes on cigarette smoking by Americans and its health and economic implications. So it's a big, big, long study of a paper of uh, of everything as it relates to, like the title says, e-cigarettes. And this is a, like I said, democratic, democratic think tank here came to these conclusions. Democratic think tank, which is interesting, bizarre, but really interesting. Uh, and I want to put this link down in the description as well as share their conclusions from this, and I think we shared this in the past. I think it was in that one episode, the one with the orange, the ones with the orange thumbnail, changing our uh, 
reframing our argument, something like that. We went into depth in this, but I wanted to read you the conclusions from this because they say in this study, where, oh, shit, was that not the right one? Damn it. I thought I was way more professional than this. In this study, oh, I am more professional than this. In this study, we examine the growing use of electronic cigarettes and its implications. Uh, the wide use of e-cigarettes is a very recent development and issues regarding their long-term effects and significance cannot be fully analyzed at this time. This was in the past, right? When did this come out, Daniel Jones? I believe it was 2019. I want to say September, August of 2019. Okay, so last year. It says, uh, using CDC and other data covering the last decade, however, we examine the relationship between the recent sharp increase in e-cigarette use among Americans and the contemporaneous acceleration and the declining rate of cigarette smoking. We found that the sharp increase in e-cigarette use across many groups can explain as much as 70% of the accelerating decline in smoking rates. We also found no reasonable evidence, no no reasonable evidential bias for concerns that e-cigarettes are a gateway to smoking. We further found that e-cigarettes are highly effective in helping people stop smoking cigarettes. So PPI, you know, the left democratic think tank, they came to the conclusion on their own that it's not a gateway. The gateway, it just keeps getting debunked more and more and more and more. I really like this study. Uh, I'm going to post a link down in the description. It's long. I would encourage everybody to just at least read it once, share it as much as you possibly can. Uh, one more thing. This is going to be a repeat again. We went, we did a deep dive on this, but I just want to put the link in the description. It's the Cochrane Library. They're gigantic meta-analysis, electronic cigarettes for smoking cessation, I'm not going to go in depth into this at all because we've already done that. But the Cochrane Library is the gold standard of science and meta-analysis. And what they did was a meta-analysis of hundreds, hundreds of different, you know, uh, vaping, e-cig studies, held them up to their own standard, which got rid of a bunch of them, and then did a meta-analysis of those, came to not some not-so-shocking uh, conclusions that... E-cigarettes probably help smokers quit smoking, uh, you know, things like that. And so I just think it's a really great link. I think it's a really good link just to have, you know, in your in your holster. You know, if you're on Twitter and you're talking to somebody, you go, boom, Cochrane Library, read it. It's right there. Here, I'll do a little thing. And then you can explain it a little bit. Boom, Cochrane Library. It's just good to have on deck, you know on deck when you're talking to people on Twitter. Uh, let me do a couple of these super chats that I saw come in. Trey, uh, Trey says, I absolutely love the type two. Hell yeah, Trey. Thank you. Killer job, bro. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Trey. I'm glad you're liking it. It's finally getting into people's hands, which is crazy and has this whole other set of like nerves and anxiety that goes along with it. Um, Scott Runyon in there with the super chat. I appreciate that. Let the sweet, sweet truth butter flow. That's right. So what we're here to do is spread some truth butter around. Noah, that's very gracious of you. Hey, Grim, I love rebuilding to Tuesday Bro Newsday, rebuilding my Zeus X on top of my MVP5. Hell yeah, keep up the great work. Best vape YouTuber to exist. Listen, Noah, thank you. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna try to fight you on that. I'm just gonna say thank you. Ranger Man, uh, if you want a vaping pick, I have one on Facebook where I'm blowing a cloud and flipping Governor Baker off. Oh. Damn, that's a good picture. 
I at least want to see that picture, Ranger Man. Can you at least post that on the on social media and tag me in it? Because I want to see that. So, nicotine, man. Um, wh- let's do this. So, we had talked about this in the past. And, I mean, this dates back to the very beginning of quarantine, to the very beginning of COVID. But you remember France was doing... They had announced, they had made some sort of announcement about how smokers are being underrepresented in COVID hospitalizations. And then they had this theory, this idea that it could be the nicotine that's protecting them. You know, we reported on this on Tuesday, Bro Tuesday, ages ago. And I, I you know, I keep waiting, hear back, hear back, nothing yet, nothing yet. I don't know. Where's the study going? Is it done? Turns out they haven't even started, but they are officially starting now. That's that's the that's the silver lining to this. They are actually starting this study now. COVID-19 protective nicotine. A study is launched to find out. So they're starting the study and that might sound like a weird headline, but it is translated from from French. So it could, you know, the phrasing might be a little bit off there. It might sound weird to our American ears. COVID-19 protective nicotine. A study is launched to find out. And so they're officially, officially, officially starting this. Can wearing a nicotine patch prevent COVID-19? To try to find out, the AP and HB Hospitals of Paris will now launch a national study involving more than 1,600 people. Uh, Some of these people will wear nicotine patches for four to five months and others will wear placebo patches to compare and check if the nicotine has a preventative effect against COVID-19. I think this is fantastic. I'm really excited about this study. I'm glad it's finally going. This is something that gets postulated on and speculated on. And, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to get through just everybody's being loud. You know, everybody's talking about nicotine and vaping and COVID. And and then you have the California Department of Public Health saying literally the exact opposite, saying, well, no, no, no. If you guys vape, you're it's COVID-19 is worse. It's worse for you. You're going to you're going to die. You're going to go to the hospital if you vape. COVID-19 is way worse. And then we have scientists and doctors in France saying, well, why are smokers so underrepresented in hospitalized COVID patients? Let's do a study to test whether nicotine, you know, so instead of just raising, sounding the alarms, they they went, well, let's look, you know, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Let's do a study. Let's see if nicotine, you know, helps. Uh, and at the end of this, we'll either know that nicotine helps prevent against COVID or it won't, you know? I like that they want to get to the bottom of this rather than just sounding the alarm and telling everybody that vaping is going to make COVID-19 worse based on Theory, I don't know basically. yeah yeah just <laughs> based on their nothing own it's just logic, speculation right i feel like it's just speculation at right, this point right they're basically like well smoking's bad for your lungs so it probably makes covid worse right yeah it kind of makes sense that might make covid worse that might and make like COVID to be worse. fair from the science that i've heard cuz i've done a decent amount of research on this so my understanding is that you know patients who smoke and again i'm referencing smoking because there's not a lot of data on vaping because hospitals just don't, that's not a thing that they really ask people. Sure, sure. So based on the smoking data, um, less smokers than one would think based on population numbers are admitted to hospitals 
uh, with COVID who have serious, you know, reactions to it. Mm -hmm. However, of the ones that do have a serious reaction, they tend to have a very serious reaction. Sure. So while it's still true that smoking is not good for your lungs and therefore probably makes having COVID, you know, worse than a non-smoker. Worse because of the damage done. Right. Because of the damage done. Exactly. There's also an ingredient in there that might prevent you or protect you to a certain extent from getting it in the first place. Like both of those things can be true. There could be an ingredient that could make it worse if you get it. And there can be an ingredient that kind of lowers your chances. And the reason why the theory is that um, you've got these things, I believe they're called ACE2 receptors basically in your body. Yes. And that is the receptor that uh, the COVID, the coronavirus latches onto to make you sick. Right. The theory is that nicotine also attaches to that same receptor. So if you're using nicotine, your receptors are basically full up. There's no yeah. room at the end for COVID to attach to. <laughs> you know, all the yeah. parking slots are filled, basically. Yep. There's nowhere for COVID to park. So it skedaddles. That's essentially the theory. And it's a sound theory. Yeah. Now, my only concern about this study, and I kind of want to put this out there so that people don't get too dejected. I believe that there is a chance that this patch study may not show as much promise as we all hope, because from what I've researched, a lot of these receptors that we're talking about Mm -hmm. are actually Mm -hmm. in like the throat and lungs. So putting a patch on may not be as effective as actually inhaling. Inhaling it, right? That's exactly what I was thinking. So I don't want people to get too discouraged if this study doesn't come back with like resoundingly positive results, like all the people with nicotine patches, I worry that that means that the scientific community will be like, well, uh, guess not. But like we know, we know that inhaling it is different than taking it in through the skin where it just, you know, goes through the bloodstream and stuff. So I want people to like, you know, hope for the best, but kind of plan for the worst. You know, that's like my motto. Well, it may not be, as po- it could, it's possible that it might not be as positive when they're using patches. Sure. And this is just, I mean, truly and honestly, this is just the very, very beginning of this science. So you're not going to have after one study of 1600 people, you're not going to have like this empirical scientific yeah, answer. Definitive yet. Results. Yeah. yeah. There's not going to be this, Oh, this is definitive as gravity right now. It's just right. not going to happen, especially after one study. Hopefully what it is, is the tip of the iceberg, I guess. And I'm just excited that there's just more nicotine uh, science research research happening. I hope it shows uh, enough promise that they continue looking into it. Yes, 100%. That's the goal, right? And so this is out of France. And you have to go to like French website. No one else is reporting anything about nicotine and COVID. Like. Anywhere not. else in the world, especially, I mean, obviously not the United States, but literally nowhere else. I, you know, I had to translate this from Google and it's Quest France or nope, I can't pronounce that. It's French word France. <laughs> French word France. French word France. And so I had to go, you know, you have to go outside of the United States to get information like this. It's just, uh, you know. That bums me out that you can't. People yep. don't have access to this information. But uh, I, I, you know, I'm excited about this. Obviously, this is something I'm going to follow. Obviously, we'll follow this here on Tuesday, Bro Newsday, just to see how it goes. We'll share the results. You know, science is uh, a process. You know, it's not. Well, we did an experiment, and that's the truth now. 
Right. No, nope, you do you do many, many, many experiments There's and a lot many, of many variables. A lot of variables yeah. and you do lots of science to to gather facts and data all to support your theory, right? And the more facts that your theory has, the more credible that theory is. That theory is. I don't know. I don't need to sit here and explain science, but that's the way it works, damn it. And uh, speaking of science, that was not a very good segue. Filter Mag. Did you read this whole thing, Danielle Jones? This Filter I Mag thing? I believe that I did when you sent it to me. It's been a, a second, but I did read it. It is really good. Uh, Filter Mag did a great, great write-up. Uh, this gal named Carrie Wade wrote this article for Filter Mag, Nicotine 101. That's what it's called. Nicotine 101, the truth about what it is and what it does. So Carrie Wade is a PhD. Uh, she's a senior fellow at the Harm Reduction. Uh, and Carrie Wade, PhD, is a senior fellow and the Harm Reduction Policy Director for the R Street Institute, where she is responsible for directing R Street's harm reduction agenda, including opioids, tobacco, and sexual health. She previously worked as a drug researcher at the University of Minnesota and the Scripps Research Institute in La Jolla, California. She received her bachelor's in neuroscience and PhD in pharmacology from the University of Minnesota uh, and has a master's in public health from John Hopkins University. So, you know, really good resume, which after I read that, I went, oh, okay, like this is going to be a real straightforward facts only sort of situation and I thought it was uh I thought it was really really good and now obviously it's really long I'm not going to sit here and read the whole thing but it says in July 2017 an an announcement by the FDA declared that the agency places nicotine at the issue of addiction at the center of the tobacco at the center of the agency's tobacco regulation efforts hi have I mentioned that I'm dyslexic and I have a really hard time reading articles I've sat every time I have to read something for Tuesday Bro Newsday or, you know, anywhere on the vlog and I have to read something, I read it like 19 times almost so that I memorize parts of it because I'm when I'm reading right now, I'm not really reading. I'm just remembering what I read before, if that makes any sense. Dyslexia. It's a damn thing. Uh, it's no surprise that this with this with this renewed focus on nicotine and ensuring FDA-driven fear-mongering surrounding products that contain the substance, even if they do not involve combustion of tobacco, people are more confused than ever about what nicotine is and what it does. This is a, this is a really spectacular article. I wanted to share... Oh, there's the picture of it. Oh, there it is. I meant to show that earlier, but that, that's, that's, that's the picture of it. Nicotine 101, the truth. And again... I'll have a link down in the description, Filter Mag. You can read this whole thing. Uh, you can kind of read this whole thing for yourself. But it goes really in depth. It talks about nicotine, you know, what it is, what it does, why are public health agencies so, you know, so worried about nicotine. It talks about is nicotine even addictive? They say, is nicotine addictive? And they say, well, you know, uh, from sort of this point of view, Kind of from a psychiatric point of view, it's a little bit more complicated from a psychology point of view. It's it gets a little bit more complicated. And then we have to discuss the difference between, you know, dependence and, a, and an addiction to something because, yep. there, you know, there's some nuance to that as well. And this kind of goes into it. There was one paragraph I really wanted to share that now I, you know, I can't find it. There was one that was uh, 
What was it about? What, the I'm harm. It's like, what is the harm? Here, I have a picture of it. Yeah, it says, but what about the consequences of long-term nicotine use? I always do this. I take a screenshot of the article and I go, yeah, that's it. That's the part. And then I can never... Oh, here it is. Here it is. Ready for this? I'm going to read you this one little bit here. What about the consequences of long-term nicotine use? This is a thing. Vapors, a lot of us have been using nicotine for... I mean, really me since I was 13, but for the last 10, 11 years, combustion-free, that's a long time to use nicotine outside of cigarettes. It says, but what about the consequences of long-term nicotine use? Once upon a time, the FDA did not approve long-term use of nicotine replacement therapies, urging people to completely quit all forms of nicotine within a maximum of 12 weeks. I can tell you right now, I've been using nicotine way longer than 12 weeks. Almost, yep. almost 12 years. In January, it'll be 12 years of using nicotine outside of tobacco. More recently, the agency has walked back, has walked back those recommendations after realizing that long-term nicotine use is rather benign. And if nicotine replacement therapies can mitigate the risk for relapse to smoking, then continuing to use nicotine as a replacement therapy is better than an abstinence-only approach. While the FDA has an eye to restrict vaping, a landmark study recently indicated that e-cigarettes are about as twice as effective for smoking cessation as non-inhaled nicotine replacement therapies, a finding that chimes with the higher effectiveness of nicotine, ready, when it's inhaled. Going back to that French study, they're using patches. Mm -hmm. the, The effectiveness of it, of vaporizing, comes from the inhalation, exhalation, inhaling something other than oxygen, the hand-to-mouth. There's a lot involved with it. I just thought that was really interesting. Inhalation. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they, hopefully in France they, they do patches maybe, and then they move straight to inhalation. There ha- there's going to have to be some scientist there that goes, smokers inhale cigarette smoke. What about inhalation? Yes, yep. inhalation. Somebody brought up something good in chat. I think it was mm. actually Aaron Bieber. Hi, hi, Aaron Bieber. Aaron, oh, AB, Aaron Bieber's in the house. Well, now the pressure's yep. on. Suddenly I just got um, really, really nervous. But he mentioned, and I didn't, I left this out earlier. There's a twofold, you know, thing. Basically, there's a theory that it may prevent the, you know, COVID-19 or rather the coronavirus from attaching to these receptors. Sure, But sure. also because nicotine uh, has... in anti-inflammatory properties it may help remember when you had to pronounce that cytokine word it may help yeah. prevent a cytokine, cytokine storm, storm which is a massive inflammatory reaction in your body that just snowballs and makes everything worse so because it has anti-inflammatory properties it may reduce that so maybe the patches could still you know have that effect right because if there's nicotine in the bloodstream maybe they sure, do get sure, covid sure. but they get it less bad because mm-hmm. So there's still some potential for, you know, positive results, you know, um, Mm -hmm. even if they're using a patch and not inhaling it. But I do hope that at some point they check out inhaling it. Yeah. I mean, that kind of seems like a no brainer because inhalation seems to be the, some of the best ways to administer, I mean, anything right, like right, right into the bloodstream. It's very fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right into the bloodstream. It seems like inhalation would be a, would be a no-brainer for them to travel down that path. 
Anyway, like I said, I'm not going to sit here and read this whole thing, but it does go into a lot of like why public health is worried about nicotine use. Why did the FDA switch their focus from combustion and things that actually kill you to much more benign things like nicotine dependency? Uh, really interesting. I think this is a great article from top to bottom. Uh, it's very informative. Like I said, in preparation for today, I've read this at least six or seven times. I highly recommend it. I'll put, in fact, here, I'm going to put the link in the chat right now because I'm so excited. Do it right now. Just get in the chat. Go. There's the link to the filter mag about nicotine. I think it's spec. I think it's spectacular. And then I got, I accidentally, have you ever accidentally clicked on flavorshookkids.org? Oh my God. They show up at the top of every, every freaking time. Google search every ever. single time, every they single time. So much money on Google AdWords. It must be insane. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how often flavors hook kids. So I accidentally clicked on it the other day and started reading through it. And it is, I just left this tab up here, I guess to like motivate me, you know, I read this and of course, in in the huge, huge letters, nicotine equals brain poison. You know, nicotine's a poison. It, uh, you know, it can interfere with kids' brains and the way their brains are wired and it can increase their anxiety and nicotine's brain poison. And then they just throw weird statistics out there like teens are nearly seven times more likely to vape nicotine than adults. I don't even, what does that even, where does that even come from? Where does that even come from? Where does that even come from? Journal of the American Medical Association? Look, and here's the thing. You also, you click on these and they take you to their sources and it's like, well, I hope you can read a gigantic research letter to verify all of these crazy ass claims they're making. I read right. through this Journal of the American Medical Association. It's long and it's crazy. And I didn't really see anywhere in there where it says that teens are seven times more likely to vape nicotine than adults. But I didn't see any of that in there. But they somehow, you know, they use this really smarmy, disingenuous language. And, you know, we talk about this. It's information suppression. They don't want you to have all the information. They want you to have their version of the information. And right. they make it purposefully confusing. And it's like, you know, going back to the percentages of percentages thing. I was just about to Why? say, whenever you see somebody put out, okay, let me give you a look. I don't know as much about yeah. statistics as smarter people than I do, but I know enough to be dangerous. Mm. And so here's the thing with statistics. When you've got somebody putting out that something is X times more likely to happen, you always need to be a little bit skeptical of that because the way in which you come to that number is very, very complicated. Like I had a really long discussion with my like best friend who's a PhD and studied statistics and we talked about this. It's a little dicey sometimes, sure. especially when you're talking about behavior, which there are so many confounding variables that go on there. Like, have you accounted for and adjusted for all of these different, you know, attributes that humans who are very complicated creatures, you know, have? And if you don't, then your data can be completely, you yeah, know what I mean? like yeah. not even accurate. So yeah. it's a little, it's a little tricky there. Being like, oh, something is somebody is seven times more likely to do that. Ah, 
yeah. Oh, are like, they? Are they? I like the receipt. They see that there's, reverse math and like what yeah. variables could you adjust for? And like, uh, you can't just like divide some shit. Like that's not how you get to that number. Like it doesn't <laughs> nope. really work that way. No. Nope. If I had to guess, I would say they took the number of like CDC reported people, adults who vape and the CDC reported kids who vape and then just came up with yeah, that did number. Yeah, did some questionable math right. in there. But yeah. uh, that's not really how that works. Yeah, there's like, some, you can't, that's not really how that works. There's some questionable math. There's some questionable math going on there. Well, and it's like, it's even, what's, what's an adult? They just say young people, yeah. but... You know, sometimes I see in these, they say, oh, well, young adults are affected by vaping, you know, 18 to 25 year olds. 24, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, what? 24? Creeping those numbers that's, in. They're that's, creeping them in. That's what passes for a youth is 24 years old. When you were 24 years old, did you feel like a little kid? Did you feel like no. a youth? Did you feel like a grown ass adult? Were you paying your own uh, bills? I, I was paying things my own like bills. that. Yeah, probably yeah. might have had a job and you were paying bills and lived on my own. Yeah, maybe. you start like, you start doing things like living on your own and uh, and buying your own groceries and uh, you know paying taxes and paying and... yeah paying taxes. But you know, twenty four question. You know, it sounds so young. Young people. Oh, young people. Okay, so the last thing that I wanted, I didn't even want to bring up Flavors Hook Kids. I wanted to avoid this completely, but I wanted to show this. Local wins create statewide policy chains. And this is going to echo one of the things that they talked about in You Don't Know Nicotine when they were in Montana and they were talking about how they start these flavor bans in little counties and municipalities where there's going to be, where they know there's going to be no pushback. And right, right not and a lot of vape shops. Not like a lot I wish I could, I wish I could get this to reload because it does that same thing. Yeah, it starts off. It's like, oh, look where it started. We started in these tiny little places, and then by 2018, and hopefully by 2021, the whole state will be a flavor ban, and you should get on board because it's already so successful across the state. And there's been, you know, it's peer exactly pressure, basically. Peer, I know it's peer pressure. It's, peer pressure. it's, it's all peer it is. pressure. So if you want to get super upset. Um, head over to flavorshookkids.org and uh, read some of the read some of the hogwash on there. You know, vaping increased two hundred and eighteen percent among middle schools in uh, in in this last year. Apparently, two hundred eighteen percent. It's crazy. Yeah, the numbers at like less than a percent. It's okay? I know. Like, <laughs> it's actually less than a percent. If it increased from one child to four children that's a five million percent increase <laughs> yeah so you just use questionable percentages and likelihoods and uh oh it's all a big dog and pony show you isn't can it manipulate anything with statistics you can kind of manipulate yeah uh, no that's a hundred percent true i'm not it's a firm a believer even in statisticians statistics. know this yeah even like... statisticians yeah there was a great you know i used to love uh Penn and Teller, Penn Gillette is one of my heroes, one of my favorite mm -hmm. people of all time. I always say this: there wouldn't be there wouldn't be a Nick Green without a a, a Penn Gillette. Um, thank you for coming out, Aaron. Appreciate you being here. I think he has to take off. He said, "I'll watch the replay." See you later, Aaron. Thank you. Um, he he used to have this show on Showtime called Bullshit, and he it was like a, a very like libertarian centric sort of. Uh, here's why 
recycling is bullshit. Here's why secondhand smoke is bullshit. Here's why statistics are bullshit. And he gave this really great example where it's like, so for example, look at this shot right here. And it's just some guy standing on the road and then a blue car drives by and then a white car drives by. And then he does, he gives you some statistic like 80% of the cars on the road in this state are blue. And based on this snapshot, that statistic is true. But if you look at it any other way, that statistic just completely falls apart. So you can use statistics in really smarmy, sort of disingenuous ways. So take statistics. We've seen it, right? Look at the 2016 presidential election. All of the polls had Hillary Clinton winning. Yeah. And she did not. She did not. Statistics. Sample size matters a lot. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, when when they do this stuff, you guys know they're not asking everyone in the country. They're asking a select group of people, which is called a sample size. And then they are trying to basically <laughs> average and weight. They call it weighting. They weight this data based on population. So yeah. if they ask one, let's say, African-American person, they try to weight that person's response for like how many African-Americans are in the country. Yep. Or, you know, they, they weight things based on. But that doesn't always work. That mm, is an imperfect mm. system. You know what I mean? Completely. The smaller your sample size, the less accurate the your data less can be. The less accurate it's going to be. Yeah. And they, well, and they extrapolate out, right? So they say. Right. That's a lot of assumptions. That's a lot of assumptions. That's a, And it's, it's really like the slippery slope of, well, if this happens, then this and this and this and this is going to happen. And we know that if, if we find one youth vaping, that that means that there must be more. And if there must be more, then it must be, you know, they make a lot of assumptions right. like, and it's a real this... slippery slope of facts exactly. that they use to do like, that. This person who's aged 14, who's white and who's from a middle class probably speaks for the majority of right. white exactly. 13 year old <laughs> middle class. Like you're making a lot of assumptions when you're doing this. I'm not saying it's completely inaccurate and it's worthless, right. but you do right. have to understand and pay attention to what their sample size is and, yes. and how they've weighted it. Cause you can wait badly and well, like there's mm-hmm. certain weighting protocols for this data and it's not always done real well. Like, mm. so there's a lot of, it's not black and white, you guys. It's definitely not. It's really not. A hundred percently not black and white. A hundred percently. So, oh, it looks like we're doing really good on time. Yeah. Uh, I got Paul Newhouse pulled up here. So I wanted to spend some time uh, right now. You don't know nicotine. You know, this. the movie's out. It's finally out. It's on the Ibex platform. And from what I can understand, you can still pay the 20 bucks or whatever to watch it. You get a rental for like a weekend yep. type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think, and I wish Aaron was still here. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. I think you can sign up for the platform for Ibex free for 10 days. And mm-hmm. in that free trial, you can watch, you don't know nicotine. You can watch whatever else they Clever. have, you know, all other documentaries and, you know, stuff that they have on the Ibex platform. But I think you can sign up for 10 days and watch You Don't Know Nicotine in that free uh, 10-day trial membership or, or whatever. So that's just tricky, another way. Tricky, Right? That's just another way. Maybe we can, maybe some more people can watch it. Maybe we can get some more people to watch it. But uh, it's out. We've been hearing about and talking about this documentary for a very long time. Yeah. For a very long time. I would say mm-hmm. 
years we've been talking yep. about this documentary. And, uh, yep. you know, this is a documentary about nicotine. I mean, it's pretty focused on nicotine and explaining it. Yep. I mean, the title, yep. I think, is very fitting. You don't know nicotine because I learned a lot. Uh, I felt like I was okay, like knowledgeable about nicotine. I wouldn't consider myself like a, you know, an, a nicotine expert or anything like that. But I'm pretty fairly familiar with it. And I know this, that, and the other. And it's hard to get laboratory mice addicted to just nicotine alone and things like this and MAOs. And this movie taught me a lot. I learned a lot from it. This is the Ibex site here uh, where you can go check it out. It's just watchibex.com. I'll have a link uh, down in the description if you wanted to check it out. But there it is right there. You don't know nicotine. So I, I personally learned a lot from this movie. Um, I thought it was really like spot, like very scientific from top to bottom, from beginning to end, real science-based, real based in, you know, reality. And, you know, the documentary, it starts off talking about, it starts talking off a little bit about like teens, you know, teens and vaping and, and, and Ivali a little bit and, and the deaths that had, that had been going on. Um, I, I, I thought this movie was beautiful to watch. Beautiful to watch. Uh, Aaron Biebert and his team, they love, uh, they love those drone shots, you know? Oh, that B-roll some, is on That B-roll is sick. That B-roll though. Yes. Yeah, good job. Yes. Uh, the movie is beautiful. It's just a joy to watch. It kept me engaged from the very beginning to the very end. I, I didn't want to look away. I just wanted to watch it. It's so beautiful. Uh, really very compelling. I found uh, the stuff at the beginning. You know, they go to a farm, a uh, tobacco farm at the beginning. I, I thought that was really interesting. I had never seen tobacco farms or tobacco harvesting or, or how they do it and how they turn it into e-liquid. But they kind of went through that whole process mm -hmm. as well, like following nicotine from the ground through the different products that it can be in as far as like patches and snooze and, and, and vapor liquids. And like I said, really scientific from beginning to end. Um, some people were in it that we recognize. I thought Matt was in it and he did. Mm -hmm. And I thought Matt did a really good job. In fact, the drone footage of Montana. Oh, it was gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. Oh my God. And Matt oh, yeah. standing on that pier, like that in front clear, of the lake. lake. Yeah, that clear, like, glassy oh, lake. Guys, so, pretty. so pretty. So dope. Uh, I thought Matt did a great job. Uh, Aaron Mills was in it as well. Uh, she's a big, uh, <clears throat> big anti-vaping person. Look, on and Twitter? I, yeah. on Twitter, look, she's on Twitter. And I, you know, I was surprised. I tweeted at her recently um, because there was a discussion going on. So I don't remember who, who had posted this thread. It might have been the pirate. I don't know if you follow the pirate on, mm -hmm. uh, on pirate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, pirate's great. And so we're, someone was he was talking about you don't know nicotine. And I was kind of like defending Aaron Mills. I said, well, you know, Aaron Mills, she's just misinformed and she's just a concerned parent. And I can't yep. fault her for just being a concerned parent. And she is just misinformed. And I, for one, would welcome her back, you know, into the conversation, right? you know, a as an advocate for maybe less harm or getting to the bottom of science right. and facts and things like that. Right. And uh, I, she, I got a response from her on that Twitter thread that I wasn't expecting. She was very much like, 
I haven't changed. I still hate vaping. It's still an epidemic. We need to ban it still. Like nothing had changed. And I went, damn it, Aaron, I'm trying to like, <laughs> you know, I'm trying, trying to, to give you a little olive branch, give you here. a little olive branch, give you a little compassion, say like water under the bridge. Now we know the truth. Let's move forward together and actually prevent kids from vaping, you know? actually keep this out of the hands of youth, this illegal product for them anyway, keep it out of their hands. Maybe we could talk about harm reduction. Maybe we could enlighten each other and kind of have this conversation. She, she, she dug in, she dug in, but they talked, uh, they talked to her. They talked to uh, Stanton glance up there in uh, San Francisco if you watch this movie for no other reason, please watch it to <laughs> yes. see what happens with Stanton Glance. Yes. I'm not going to spoil anything, no. but you guys, it is extremely gratifying. And Aaron did it in the most polite and respectful way possible. Yes, yes. You really need to watch. It'll just yes. make it tingly inside. It, it's such a, it's such a good like satisfying he, like crystallizing just, moment. You he, know, he just lets him talk. Yeah, that's the that's thing the... with Stanton. <laughs> if you just let Stanton talk, all will be revealed. Okay. Yep. All just right. let Stanton glance talk and just he he is the more he talks, he just walks farther out onto the pier and then he's just in the water. <laughs> just and he's let still talking. Stanton, and he's still talking. Just you know, just still talking. At you from the from the shore, you know, just just watch it, you guys, please. Just watch the Stanton glance, the Stanton glance footage alone i think yeah. is fantastic but i i mean i really like the way aaron handled it too because aaron wasn't being disingenuous in any no, way he was, he was just interviewing rude. him you know no. he wasn't mm -hmm. being rude he wasn't he was just saying here's we're doing a documentary about nicotine let's let's talk about it let's talk about yeah. nicotine let's talk about mm -hmm. what you've done you know yep. this that and the other uh yeah the stanton glance stuff is just is just is gold and david abrams oh I mean, David Abrams. He's still my heart, okay? David Abrams right. is my new hero. He's going into the list, it's a short list that I have of mm -hmm. heroes, like legitimate heroes. It's David Abrams. Mm -hmm. David Abrams is a man of science, and mm -hmm. there's nothing. I was, I like, I wanted to high five David Abrams through the screen for just oh, yeah. being such a man of science, you know? Yep. And you know, I don't want to have. Too many spoilers on it, but we've talked about David Abrams here in the past on Tuesday Bro Newsday quite a bit. I've read David Abrams' papers on, on this stream before in the past. Mm -hmm. And my favorite part of almost the entire movie, then there's a little bit of a spoiler here, but it's not a huge spoiler. It's just a real satisfying moment, is when David Abrams was talking about, you know, when uh, vapor liquid and e-cigarettes first appeared, he had been working in the field for so long that he wrote some of the very first, like, cautionary negative. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i mean really negative but more cautionary conservative pieces about yeah. about e-cigs and he was highly skeptical highly highly skeptical of vaping and e-cigs and you know fast forward however many years later and he talks about how he had to change his mind he had to change his viewpoint on this because the because. science because the science changed his mind the science was so strong and so compelling that david abrams after however many years of thinking one particular way mm -hmm. because of the science shifted his viewpoint 
changed his, you know, his, his lens, so to speak, and sort of went with the science. And he said, even he struggled with making that decision. He says he still struggles even now. He's like, I thought one way for so long that changing that way of thinking is a big, is a big shift. You know, it's a big change in your brain. And ah, I was just, I, David Abrams, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a few reasons to watch this movie. Uh, David Abrams is one of them. Yep. Stanton Glantz is, uh, (laughs) is definitely one of them. And Paul Newhouse, and MD. Dr. Paul Newhouse, Dr. Is Paul another... Newhouse. Okay, you got. I have. Uh, like he's a... never been on my radar before. No, me neither. I mean, I was talking to some of the Kasab people, and like Jim was like, "I knew who he was. I wrote an article like five years ago." And I was like, <laughs> okay, Jim, oh. fine. Like, but no. So I have a shelf in my mind. I have a mental shelf. A mental shelf that I put up here, and yeah. I'm like, you know, call it a professional crush. Call it like superb admiration call it whatever you want superb so, admiration exactly so dr brad is on there oh you know, oh sure you know how sure I feel about dr brad brad dr brad is up Rudu. there dr abrams is up there yes and now the newest edition okay paul newhouse dr paul newhouse okay paul newhouse just seems like such a cool guy i want to have dinner with right? him i know me too i'm like i want to hang out and like have a beer with this guy, with Paul Newhouse. Yep. He just seems yep. so, he seems like, he seems like, you know, I don't want him to take this the wrong way. He'll never hear this. He seems like someone who would be like an eye doctor or someone who like worked with kids. Like he's just got that, that, that like really genuinely nice, welcoming, yeah, open, charming, friendly. sort of open, yeah. friendly doctor. Like, oh, well, don't yeah. worry. We'll figure out what's wrong with you, buddy. We'll yeah, figure exactly. it out. You know, he's got that vibe. We got this. Don't we got you worry. This. Don't even worry about it. You know, when he talks about going to the FDA and presenting evidence and how there was someone oh at the FDA who was like, oh, I don't know. I don't believe in this science or I don't whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I don't believe. She's like, I don't believe this data. And yeah, he was I don't like, believe it. Well, He's like data. Yeah, I don't know what you want. You don't believe it, <laughs> it's like, but it's, it's just right the data. there. There's nothing. This is the data. This is it. <laughs> it's weird that you don't believe it, but this is the data, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, my God. I just loved him. I love him. Uh, I love him. I thought he did. a. I thought he did a really great job as well. Um he and he we'll, we'll talk about this in a little bit but he did the mind what's it called the mind, mind study. study the mind mm-hmm. study the it's mind going on now study. i believe he's doing yeah. the mind study it's happening now and in fact here let me uh just show you let's show you the mind study here we'll get we'll get to this in a second and read a little bit more of it but it's the mind study and you can be a, a part of this from what I understand, if you are They're still uh, looking for participants. Yeah, yeah, there's a big button down here. You can still join in and, and be a part of this mind study. Nicotine. I believe on you the have brain. to have MCI, which is uh, a form of uh, mild memory loss, I yes. believe. So they're yeah. they're yeah. looking for people who are suffering from like early Alzheimer's or early stages or Alzheimer's. I believe it's MCI, isn't it? Is what the criteria is. Yeah. So you have to be having some like mild cognitive impairment, which I believe is like a precursor sometimes yep. to Alzheimer's, yep. but they want to test nicotine on people who are experiencing these, you know, early symptoms. Yep. So excited. So excited for this. Uh, I just, I can't get enough. Uh, is Paul Newhouse, uh, is he on Twitter? He is because I tweeted at him the other day, found him. He Did hasn't you? been on Twitter since like the fall. So I'm mm. like, come back. Mm. But I tweeted at him anyway. I don't care. Yeah, I'm going to try to track him down. I was uh, discouraged to find out that David Abrams does not have a Twitter. Uh, I'm, I haven't looked, but I feel like I probably 
could understand that. Not Abrams. it's not he for just everyone. doesn't have a Twitter. Yeah, he's it's, not it's, for everyone. Yeah, it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. I like to see doctors on Twitter though. You know, it's just yeah. my, one of my favorite things. But Paul House, Paul Newhouse is in it. Is great. We're going to talk about the the mind study. Um, the one one there was one story of uh, the couple with the daughter with Tourette's. Oh yeah, I found that mm-hmm. very compelling. That very was compelling study. That was crazy. Yeah. That was crazy. I don't want to do any spoilers, but their yep. story, I think, is really very compelling. Um, my, <laughs> I loved, uh, I loved, you know, Glance got asked about the, uh, you know, uh, Royal College of Physicians. You know, oh my god, he, gets, he asked about the Royal College of Physicians, and Glance's response to that question when he says, you know, have you ever seen Invasion of the Body, the snatchers? body snatchers? And he's got that glancy voice have you ever seen invasion of the body snatchers where the aliens come down and take over everybody's body he's like that's the way i view england and vaping and i was like because that's logical and science based hey what does that even mean and then he went on to like yeah exactly (laughs) because that's that's what a man of science would say. Right. You say, strangely, <laughs> I have a different opinion and belief than all of my other colleagues. They must have been taken over by aliens. Wait, that yeah. is the logical explanation <laughs> for why a whole bunch of people disagree with me on an issue. Invasion Not that, of the like, body maybe snatchers. I could be wrong or maybe some. Nope. They were taken over yeah. by aliens. And he even, like, goes on to, like, kind of disparage some of the people he used to work with and around. He said, you know, I don't understand. There's these scientists who did all this great work in tobacco control, and now they're in love with vaping, and I'm just befuddled. That's what he said. Maybe that should tell you something, (laughs) Stanton. No, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, my God. The denial on that runs deep. Let me tell you. Yeah, the denial on that runs deep. Um, I'm really glad Stanton Glance is in this movie. I'm really just, I'm excited to be in a documentary with Stanton Glance. I oh, love yeah. that. By That's the way, my can favorite we, thing. I'm going to take over here for a moment because I know you're not going to do it. I will not. Our beloved Nick Grim Green is in this documentary, if mm. you haven't seen it. And he does, you guys, a phenomenal job. I felt okay? like I did a pretty good job. Like an no, okay I would say that it was phenomenal. You had some of the best really? lines. In phenomenal. fact, Aaron like interviewed you at the beginning, right near the beginning part, and that's where your big interview was. Mm-hmm. And then he brought you back at the end. That's I always know. good. I was shocked. He bring you back at the Ooh. end to give you that closing. That's always good. I couldn't you guys, believe it. He was so good. Just go watch it. I felt very, I was very satisfied by what I did and what I said. That whole experience was just a great, really awesome experience. Um, And as this movie's like, we're leading up to this movie. And like that interview is from like a year ago. I mean, that interview is from forever ago. And so I'm thinking, well, now that this movie's actually coming out, I'm sitting here, you know, sitting in my office getting paranoid and like just ridden with anxiety. Like, I don't remember what I said. What if I said something right, really right. dumb? I you would know? do the same thing. And I'm thing. trying to think back to like, how was the co- what did he ask me? What was the conversation? Like, what were we talking right. about? I don't even remember. Did he right. ask me about youth vaping? Did I say the kids should be vaping? Like, what did I say that's going to ruin my entire following? Like, ruin all of my credibility or anything? No. 
No, <sighs> none of that happened. I'm just glad he left the he left the good parts in. No, just glad I thought it was it was great. I really enjoyed your interview. Well, thank you very much. I I appreciate that. I I'm proud of what I did. I'm pr- I'm proud to be a part of it, and uh, I'm proud. Even I'm, Pickle I'm made it in this movie. Yeah, Pickle there made was a it picture in. Of Schneeko, dude, my dog made it in. That was amazing. I saw Schneeko's face on the screen. I'm just like, there it is. That's the best part of the movie. That's it. My dog made it into a documentary. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's a really weird, uh, really weird kind of awkward feeling. But uh, yeah, I don't like watching uh, those those parts. I'm glad I, I'm, I mean, I'm glad I watched the movie. I just don't like watching those parts with me in it because I'm like... Yeah, and I'm looking at Casey like, is this dumb? Did I, you know, <laughs> I get so self-conscious, you know? <laughs> I understand. I understand completely. Yeah, it's just it's just bizarre. But it was really, really good experience. I'm glad I said what I did. I'm glad they put what they put uh, in there. And I mean, and, you know, Matt was in it as well. Mm-hmm. I thought Matt's story of having lip cancer where his cigarette mm-hmm. hit and mm-hmm. Telling that whole story of like he had cancer, he went through treatments, he had surgery, and it was like that wasn't enough to stop him from smoking because he's like a few months later, something comes up, you get anxiety, it's back to the cigarettes, you know, and that's this that's this huge thing, you know, it's not a lack of willpower that people can't quit smoking, it's not, Mm -mm. it's complicated. It's very smoking complicated. and tobacco and nicotine is a really, really complicated sex, really complicated, uh, really complicated topic. But uh, the Montana stuff was great. Matt did great. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed all the interviews, even the interviews that I didn't enjoy. I, I still enjoyed them like Stanton Glance where I'm like and they're showing shots of like Stanton Glance's office. And, you know, so do you see that parrot, so the good. little parrot, yes. Polly? Poly use par- Oh my! I wanted to yeah. punch somebody when I Poly saw that. U- it had a cigarette and an e-cig in its mouth, and I'm like, "Oh, stand and glance. That's so clever." You, oh, you- <laughs> throat punch you, bro. <laughs> I want to throat punch you, but we won't. We don't throat no, punch people. I don't. It's not an actual thing. It's just emotionally. Don't. I want to do it. Emotionally, yeah, heavily. I not physically. To. I don't want to fight anyone physically ever, for real. But no, in no. my mind, no, no. In I want to verbally punch you in the throat. <laughs> verbal punches yes that's completely allowed um that is so allowed 100 percent's allowed there's no one to stop you Mm-mm. um they also the uh Do it. disregard the constable they also covered uh a little bit of like the the gateway effect mm-hmm. they covered mm-hmm. uh, they covered a little bit of the gateway-ness and right this movie is just a big movie there yep. is loads of information loads of stories and interviews and data and science and doctors and narratives. And it's bigger than smoking. It's bigger Mm -hmm. than nicotine. It's, you know, this, this idea that pride and ego can, can, can hinder science Mm -hmm. and can hinder, you know, moving forward as a society in a better direction. I mean, and saving lives. It's, it's really a big, that's the only way I can describe it. It's a big big movie and Mm -hmm. so it covers everything from from tobacco plants being sprouted in just little greenhouses these cute little tobacco plants Mm -hmm. all the way to like everything in between of ivali and the youth vaping and adults vaping and nicotine and what it does to your brain and the nicotinic system and this the mind study and then it, it goes all the way through like 
Well, who's funding these anti oh, groups? The Bloomberg stuff. Who's, yeah, it goes dope. through all of the Bloomberg stuff. It covers Campaign for Tobacco Free Kids, which I didn't. I guess I didn't really put two and two together that Bloomberg and Campaign for Tobacco Free Kids are connected. Although that, you know, obviously that makes oh, a lot of yes, sense. Oh yes, they are. Makes oh, a lot yes, of sense now. Uh, it's really good, and it covers. I don't even want to. I feel like I'm going to have too many spoilers, even by mentioning Bloomberg. I feel like Bloomberg saying well, the name Bloomberg is a little it bit too much fault. of a spoiler. No, 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 that's good. That's fine. But it's a little bit of a spoiler. And then there's Bloomberg stuff and it, it wraps up and it's it, it's really, really great. I was I was surprised to see uh, Senator Leno in it. You remember Senator oh, Leno? I was I was like, <laughs> I know I wrote it in all caps. Leno, big exclamation points. Man, that guy was the bane of my existence for months. And he was young in that footage. Did young. you see that footage? I oh, know. man. I was like, dang. Was it, what was that bill, SB 140? Uh, was that the California one, bill? Something 140, 160, 280. Oh, I don't remember numbers. Could I been, don't know. Mark, Leno, Senator Mark Leno. That's his name, right? Mm, Mark? Yes. Leno. Yeah. Mm. So Senator Mark Leno had one of the first, was it one of or the first? No, it was one of. It There'd was been one other of things. the first. Uh, but like, it was a big deal. Yeah, it was one of the first big like pieces of vape legislation. It was a big flavor ban. This was in back California. In, in California, yeah. Sorry, in California. And he was in it. And I talked about Leno so much on YouTube, you know, and this bill in SB one forty. And I remember when SB one forty finally got shot down, and it was the it was the night before VaporCon, yep. and so it was like kind of yep. like you know this we had a little celebration. We're like, yeah, no more SB one forty at VaporCon. Yep. And I just it cracked me up, cracked me up seeing seeing Leno I in know. there. And uh, so yeah, Bloomberg. There's a whole big Bloomberg bit, which I thought was really good, really really well done, really well I feel done. Like they told, because let me tell you, I have a lot of experience in trying to educate people about how these adorable, pure-looking organizations that everyone trusts actually have a dark side that is not so great. Dark money. And, exactly. And trying to tell people, like, I know you think the American Lung Association is super great and just full of, like, scientists who only care about science and just want to help people, but actually, there's a lot of money in here, and it's real fucked up. <laughs> yeah. But trying to educate people on that is an uphill battle all the way because they have this idea that these organizations are just pristine and yep. lovely. Yep. Aaron did a really good job in this movie of presenting the other side of that, but not looking crazy while doing it. Yes. It is real yes. easy to look like a conspiracy, you know, tinfoil hat yeah. wearing nutter. It sounds when you're crazy. talking about this. But he did a really good job of like exposing it in a way that's like, yeah, you could understandably believe that that's how these things work. And like, yeah, yeah he did a really good job of not sounding insane, which a lot of us struggle with. Because, it's real you know. easy to just sound like you put on a tinfoil hat and you be like, no, you guys, there's Bloomberg dark money that flows right. into these organizations. Right. And you just start sounding like Alex Jones. American like, Heart is trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Like, Why does the Cancer like, Action Network need billions of dollars? Hmm, that's interesting. And yeah, you're right. He presents it in a very like level-headed, like this is literally just what's happening right now. Right. There it is. Like, here's that's how what's it works. happening. Here's what we found. This and is I, what's going on. And you know, I'm like, I was vaguely familiar with the idea of 
501 because they, de- they they talk about 501c versus what was the 501c comparison fours okay so 501c fours i'm gonna weigh in on this here for just a second yeah okay. do that so 501c3s and i know this because of all of my you know i'm a board member at casa so i kind of yep. had to learn this yep 501c3s are your standard charitable nonprofit, and charitable being the keyword there because that means that when you donate to them that is a tax write-off that is pretty exclusively for C3s. It's a charitable, you know, contribution nonprofit. A C4 is what you have to choose as an still a nonprofit, but you have to be a C4, and these are like tax designations, mm-hmm. if you want to do any politicking, basically. Any C3s, politicking. <laughs> any C3s are prohibited from lobbying, from trying to like, uh, you know, vote no on whatever, like that's kind of, that's sure, considered sure. like lobbying basically. Right. So if you want to get involved in politics as an advocacy organization, you kind of have to be a C4. Now C4s, I'm going to go ahead and say this. CASA is a C4, you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. So not all C4s are evil. It's just that C4s do happen to have some loopholes wherein some yeah. shady stuff can go on. But loopholes, I just want to be clear. Like bars. Right. I just want to be clear, though, that just because an organization is a C4 does not mean they are evil. They literally have to be if they want to tell you how to vote on something or advise you on legislation or connect you with your legislators. Like, that's a requirement. So Mm. I don't want everybody going around thinking that all C4s are evil dark money organizations. Right. Because is a C4. And, like, we're, you know, we're not bad. Like, you know. but. That is that is the case. And there are loopholes for C4s in terms of like reporting information that allows, you know, some of these organizations to right. not right. be super honest about some things and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Well, and it's so and it's not that they're all evil, like you said, but they have the ability. They have, they have the it's ability. within their realm of uh, of expertise to be they can be become completely evil if they choose to. You know, it's like I mean, the force. If you want to be it's like, evil, what are you, you, you going to be a Jedi? You're going to be a Sith. A you know, like, you got to choose light side, right. dark side, Sith or Jedi. But yeah, dark he, I money. just think he he did a really good job of getting into really all of that. Really good job without sounding completely nuts. crazy. And yeah. I feel like this is going to be a lot of people's first experience with that sort of like weird side of, of public health, like this, this oh, yeah. lobbying and, and dark money. And yep. I feel like it's going to be, a, you know, a, a real shock. eye opener. Yeah. yeah. A shock, a shock. It's going to be a real eye opener. And it makes you, I mean, if nothing else, I mean, I love this movie. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up here and stop praising the movie. I, I want everyone to watch this. You know, I, I feel like yeah. it's well worth the money I spent. Yep. I, I see. I I spent more money on this movie than I needed to. I was a Kickstarter backer, and then I bought it to rent it, and then my rental expired, so I rented it again. So I ended up backing the Kickstarter and then spending an additional forty dollars just to watch it twice. You know, it's it's twenty bucks. Watch it. You won't even miss the twenty bucks, and you'll have watched a, a really great, really timely really accurate, really scientific documentary about nicotine, uh, you know, why some people have to use it uh, and why a lot of people shouldn't use it. And again, you know, nuance is a word we bring up a lot here on Tuesday, Bro Tuesday, but it's nuance. There's a lot of nuance to this topic. And you don't know nicotine does a really, 
I mean, exemplary job of covering that from beginning to end with very little clunkers, very little downtime. I thought it was a really engaging documentary. I highly, highly, I can't recommend it enough. Cannot recommend it enough. Even if you've sat here with me and watched every episode of Tuesday Bro Tuesday and you watch every news and advocacy segment in the vlog and you know, you're know you all up to date with everything, there will still be stuff in this movie that you go, oh shit, oh shit, okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. this. It brings so much of what we've been talking about over the last few years, like all together in like, here's an hour and a half of everything you need right now. There's so much information in this. You know, look, I heard rumors that there could be, like if it gets enough interest on Ibex, it could become a, a docu-series. I, I heard yeah. rumblings of that on Twitter. Yeah, Aaron mentioned something related to that. If this was a beautifully produced, Hamish, beautifully produced. Thanks for mm -hmm. being here, Hamish. I appreciate you. Um, If this becomes a docu, they could easily fill like five to six episodes of a docu-series on this very topic. And it would be incredible. Well, yeah, he said they had and 400 the hours of footage or something. Yeah, 400 hours. 200 hours of that is me, believe it or not. <laughs> I'm just I kidding. I believe that. <laughs> just sitting yammering on about everything. Um, so yeah, it's a great movie. Dave Gorlitz, this is one thing I wanted to mention. David Gorlitz, who's the former Winston man, his segment is, I mean, the whole movie's great. It's one of my favorites, but he's the one, when they bring Dave Gorlitz in, He's the one who starts transitioning this movie into like, here's what else is going on type right, of stuff. Right. You know, he that says expose moment. that expo. It's a little bit of an expose moment. You're right. And he worked with both sides. Yeah. He says in the movie, he said, I worked with big tobacco and that was a mistake. And as soon as I quit big tobacco, I worked for, you know, the anti-smokers anti. and that was a big mistake. You know, he said both of sides of this are corrupt beyond repair and mm -hmm. I learned my lesson from working for Big Tobacco and then working for public health that they're both equally as corrupt and they're both equally as fiscally, you know, invested in this. And talks about the can't can, you know the Cancer Action Network being a billion dollar five hundred one you know charitable organization with billions of dollars. It connects a lot of dots, and I loved it. Uh, I, I, you know, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I think that the second half of the movie is the strongest half of the movie. That's and I my think favorite too. The, the first half of the movie is very like, welcome. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's, let's just start crawling, right? Nicotine obviously comes from tobacco. Here's how it's grown. Here's this. And then hour and a half later, your, your brain's full of, all sorts of information. And the second half of the movie, I was on the edge of my seat. I couldn't get enough. I wanted to watch all of it. It's just incredible. I'm going to give this five banana stickers, two thumbs up, and a fist bump to Aaron Biebert and the whole team over there at You Don't Know Nicotine. I cannot recommend this movie enough, you guys. Cannot recommend this movie enough. Yeah, A Billion Lives is also out there as well. In fact, I think it's on the Ibex streaming platform. In fact, A Billion Lives is free right now on Tubi. Tubi TV, I think it's still free over there. Mm. Um, solid doc. It's, uh, you know, solid doc. That's all I'll say. He obviously became a much better filmmaker in the second movie. Uh, it feels much more polished, much more of like a clear story, narrative, uh, interviews, uh, just really 
kind of much better all around. And I don't want to say anything bad about a billion lives because I'm in that for a second too. I just say mm-hmm. UK ban. That's my one big line from a billion lives. UK ban. Still a great movie. I can't recommend you don't know nicotine enough. Uh, I want to buy it. I, I want to go watch it. I want to buy it on iTunes. I want to buy it on Blu-ray. I want to buy the vinyl record of the soundtrack. I, I, I think this is just a spectacular movie and it's so well timed. Like right now is such a time, such a perfect time to be talking about this that I think all things considered moving forward with, you know, new administrations on the horizon mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this big shift coming to, to, you know, the system, right. That this is perfectly, perfectly timed in there. You know, we as U.S. citizens, again, I apologize to all my international viewers talking about the U.S. right now, but we as U.S. citizens, I feel like are more and more becoming skeptical of, you know, not to sound too much like Rage Against the Machine, the system, you know? Yeah, the establishment. The establishment. We're all kind of slowly realizing maybe the problem is with the system, and that's the system that needs to change and I think tobacco control and these these profiteers, these public health groups that are literally profiteering off of death and disease need to be held accountable for not helping save people's lives and trying to disparage people from using cleaner, healthier forms of nicotine. Uh, a lot of changes come in, and I think uh, you don't know nicotine is going to be a big a big part of that as far as public health and, and tobacco go. So that's where I'll leave it. Yeah. That's where I'll leave it. I think it's going to be interesting moving forward. I think it's going to be more interesting moving forward now that we have this movie out. And it's like a, it's like a thing, you know, it's like a thing that's out. Um, so yeah, you don't know nicotine. Everybody go check it out. Please everybody go check it out. If you don't have, if you're like, look, 20 bucks is too expensive. I'll, I could do this for probably five people. I'll PayPal you the money to watch it. Just go watch it. I'll give you 20 bucks. It's one of the best movies you'll see all year. I liked it more than uh, The Rise of Skywalker by a lot. (laughs) (laughs) By an order of magnitude, I liked it more. Um, Before I get to reading this last little thing that I wanted to talk about, I'm going to read a couple of these super chats that came in. I apologize. I was ignoring those. Uh, Hamish. Uh, starring Casey's, oh, starting Casey's Dyson Vacky Fund. <laughs> Hamish. Ooh, Dyson's. Yeah. Good. Dyson's are the bomb.com, dude. We just bought a, this little rad little Dyson guy. And now we're like, like Casey and I will argue about who gets to vacuum now mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it's so oh, fun. Yeah. It's so enjoyable to vacuum oh, now. Yeah. Appreciate that, Hamish. We're definitely going to use that for uh, Casey's Dyson Fund. Ranger Man, Grim, check your Facebook. I sent you that vape pic. All right, I'm on it, Ranger Man. The Rising Phoenix Vapory, because the Type 2 is a real banger. Sold three more today here at the shop. Woo! Congratulations yet again. Really nice product. Thank you. Fucking Rising Phoenix Vapory. You guys have been down since day one. I appreciate you guys so much. I'm glad that you're selling some Type 2s. I'm glad people like it. Uh, Lastly, we got one here from SVK. Grim Green, Casey Pickle, and Danielle Jones, and everyone in the chat, have a safe Thanksgiving, and thanks for what you do. Yes, uh, it's my pleasure. It is. It is my pleasure. Look, I can't speak for Danielle or Casey, but it is. It is you our. You can. 
It is our pleasure. It is our pleasure. I'm going to speak directly for Danielle Jones. It is our pleasure. It is. It is 100%. Thank you, SVK. And that that goes for everybody. Have a safe, have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Let me, we're going to start wrapping this up. There's one more link. There's two more links I'm going to put in the, in the description. And one of them has been in the description of at least 50 different YouTube videos of mine. And it's, it's, this is an article from 2015 that is really kind of going along the lines of nicotine and what we're talking about today. Uh, and this is a paper written by Sally Sattel, who's just one of my heroes. She's like yep. my, you know, uh, my, my Brad. She's like my, she's on your shelf. She's on my shelf. She's, she's yeah, on the shelf. The shelves. Like I don't this. know. Shelf. Yeah, the shelf. Exactly. It's like where BB-8 goes. You exactly. It's just, where BB-8 goes. It goes BB-8, you know. Dr. Sal- Brad. Dr. Brad. <laughs> Dr. Abrams. And now Dr. Newhouse. I, and, and I'm putting Sally Sattel on my shelf. Yep. She did this great piece called Nicotine Itself Isn't the Real Villain. And this is from 2015. And we're talking about vaping. We're talking about, you know, the Food and Drug Administration. And we're talking about... Uh, who was who the head of the Food and Drug Administration? I right don't now? even remember. No, in 2015. Uh, oh. Mitch Zeller. She talks about Mitch Zeller because oh, he's, he's from the, the CTP. CTP, yeah. yeah. It's, an, it's an incredible article. I've actually read this article in its entirety on a Tuesday Bro Tuesday. It's a long one, but like all nuanced subjects, it's worth it to, to read the whole, the whole thing. You know, there's a lot of delicate things and moving parts and like what is true for some people isn't true for all people and nicotine isn't the same in in all forms and you know there's a reason that people don't die from nicotine overdoses and there's a you know patches aren't habit forming or or even addictive forming because they're legal in the store shelves and people aren't you know, overdosing on people them. aren't overdosing on people aren't or using selling them, them on the streets. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what They're they not, talked about in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Paul trading Newhouse, them on the playground. Yeah. Newhouse right? said kids aren't trading nicotine patches on the playground. That's how I know they're not addictive. And that is, yeah, that's not I mean, thing. that's not a thing. So I do want to put that down in the description. And then the last thing you guys appreciate you guys being here. This is the last thing. Danielle Jones sent me over this link and it just whew, hit me right in the right spot. Uh, and it has, I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to yep. read it. This comes from, yep. uh, it's called inc.com, inc.com. And I'll put a link down in the description where you can read this. But the big headline on here says, I see, I don't even have a screenshot of it. After testing positive and negative for COVID-19, Elon Musk contacted a Harvard doctor. The response is a masterclass in emotional intelligence. Sounds weird. I know, right? Sounds weird at first. Elon Musk, stay with it. Elon Musk was frustrated. He had been experiencing mild sniffles, a cough, and a slight fever, enough symptoms to convince him to get tested for COVID-19. Musk, who who obviously has more resources and greater access to medical treatment than the average person, ended up taking a total of four COVID tests. Something extremely bogus was going on, Musk tweeted. Two tests came back negative, two came back positive. Same machine, same test, same nurse, rapid antigen test from BD. The internet was quick to respond. Some reached out to Musk to see how he was feeling. Writer Stephen King simply replied, your POS, P 
piece of shit? I don't know. Did Stephen mm, King yep. call I think he Elon Musk did. a piece of shit? That's I th- Stephen King can be a little salty. I that heard. yeah, he that is a real salty move. A scientist openly mocked Musk, calling him <laughs> Space Karen. <laughs> and a kid. That's so good. I mean, that's a little funny. <laughs> so good. Calling him Space Karen and accusing the tech CEO of not reading up on the test before complaining to his millions of followers. But then something very interesting happened. Musk decided to reach out directly to an expert in the field of communicable disease on Twitter, of course. What followed was a masterclass in communication, persuasion, and emotional intelligence. Michael... Mina? Am I saying that right? Is that Mina know. or Mina? Michael Mina? Michael Mina. Michael Mina. Kind of like Michael Mina better. I don't know. Michael Mina is an immunologist, physician, and assistant professor of epidemiology at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. He tweets regularly on the COVID-19 pandemic, breaking down complex research for easy access to the public. This is something that we need Way more of, way more of, I mean, even just going from that flavors hook kids website, it's like, well, here's where we got our data from. And it just links to a thousand pages and you go, how am I? Yeah. I mean, mean, I guess I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to believe them because it's so fucking complicated. We need more people like Michael Mina to break down these complex research papers and make it easy for the public to understand. Somehow Musk stumbled across Mina's research and proceeded to ask him for his opinion on a specific type of COVID test. Mina begins his reply on a positive note. Great question, he exclaims. He follows that by getting into the nuances of Musk's inquiry, presenting alternative scenarios directly answering Musk's question in the light of each one, offering to send Musk a more detailed answer via direct messages and attempting to motivate Musk to ask. Musk to act. (laughs) I think you'd be interested in a detailed answer, Mina tells Musk. You're a scientist, and it would be great if you could help inform the world of the right answer to your question. So much confusion abounds. So they have links to the full tweets that you can read. It says, Mina's reply is a masterful example of emotional intelligence, which includes the ability to break down barriers and manage the emotions of others. Musk hasn't hidden the fact that he is quite skeptical of the public perception of the COVID-19 and its effects. But those who follow Musk also know that he is a big fan of learning from experts in a given field. Mina could have blasted his previous skepticism. He could have spoken in a disparaging manner or mocked Musk like the scientists mentioned earlier. Or he could have made the mistake many experts do by answering the question in a way that is overly complex or difficult to understand. How often does that happen? All the time. All the time. Instead, Mina did the opposite. By commending Musk's question, he sets the tone and encourages a respectful conversation. He provides evidence Musk is likely to respect, and Mina keeps a balanced view of himself by explaining things as simply as possible, showing he understands and can show empathy for his audience, in this case, Musk, but also Musk's millions of followers. Finally, 
Mina offers to provide more time and attention to Musk if he were to reach out, and then he goes a step further. By acknowledging Musk as a scientist and kindly imploring him to spread the facts, he assumes the best in Musk and appeals to his emotions. This is important because convincing someone of a truth that is different from... Okay, this is important. I got all excited. I got a little bit ahead of myself there. This is important because... Convincing someone of a truth is different from motivating them to do something about it. To truly galvanize others to action, you have to stir their emotions pertaining deeply to affect a person's thoughts and feelings. If you're wondering if it worked, it did. Just over an hour later, Musk retweeted the entire conversation. So, if you're working to convince someone who is skeptical of something you believe strongly, remember this. Set a respectful tone. Show empathy. Keep a balanced view of yourself and stir their emotions. Do this right and you will become a master communicator and make emotions work for you instead of against you. I love the crap. At, I love that. God, I love that. This is exactly the road that we're heading down. We need to have a respectful tone. We need to show empathy. We need to stir emotions. We need to keep a balanced view. And this is coming back to the saying, kill him with kindness. Kill him with kindness. What I wanted to do when Aaron Mills replied to me was just, well, fine, fuck you. You know, you're not, you know. That's not going to win anybody over. That's certainly not going to win Aaron Mills over. And if we can win Aaron Mills over... We can win anybody over. And so the idea is be respectful, be empathetic, try to meet the person where they're at and try not to be an asshole. You know, I have a the Grim Army Facebook group and we have one rule there. It's a super easy rule to remember. One rule, don't be a dick. That's it. It's And it applies in all circumstances, whether someone is asking if you like an e-liquid or asking if you like, I don't know, the new Avengers movie. You don't, just don't be a dick. Someone says they don't like it. You don't say, oh, fuck you then. Just don't be a dick. Be kind, be respectful, show empathy. And that's how we're going to change the narrative that's how we're going to initiate real change in the system, I believe. And that's where I'm going to leave that. But that is a great article. Danielle, thank you for sending that over to me. We're going to post that link down in the description so you can read it, share it, absorb it. And, you know, this is just, if you try this out, you'll be surprised at what kind of responses you get from people. You know, oh, I do this all the time when on you're, social media. Yeah, when you you're respectful to people and you're like, well, here, let's have this conversation. And I don't want to sound yep. like a condescending asshole, so let's just talk. You get a much better response. People are less likely to just start calling you names or, you know, or just, well, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. How many times right. I've ended conversations like that? Like, well, you just don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Bye. That didn't get us anywhere. It just made me get all fucking adrenalized up and like, you know, fuck their, you know, getting really worked up. And he's over there going, well, that guy's a dick. I'm not going to listen to anything else he has to say. Nope. There's a way to do it. And I think we can do it. I've had people, you guys, I've had people who are completely opposite position 
of whatever we're talking it could be politics it could be vaping it could be a number of things that i talk to people about on the internet i've had people straight up thank me for the mm -hmm. level of mm -hmm. civilized respectful and kind like they've actually said wow i've never talked to someone about this like you before thank you yep. i'm not trying to toot my own horn i'm literally telling you <laughs> people do respond to this like that article is basically how i approach conversations on the internet i've been yeah. practicing this yeah. and it actually worked not on everyone because it's just, there's no no not on everyone yeah you know and you have to know when to give up too that's a really important thing do not waste your own time on somebody that is completely and totally like just nonsensical like yes. don't do that because then yes. you're just going to frustrate yourself you have to see the warning signs yep. but for people who are not who can be reasonable using this I swear to God, it works. I promise you. I've exchanged. I was getting into it, a really heated, you know, does. debate with somebody, and by the end of it, we were like sending each other hug, you know, emojis and gifts, right. and like exchanging Thank book titles and, to yeah. read. You know what I mean? Like, it, it can be done. It can I be done. Promise you, it can be done. And it's really way easier than you think. You're like, oh, all yeah, I have to do is, is be nice and respectful, huh? Who knew? Pre pretend the person you're talking to is your most cherished friend mm -hmm. and you disagree on something, but you also don't want to destroy your friendship. Right. You want them to under pretend that any person you're talking to is someone you love and approach it that way with kindness yep. and empathy and respect and appealing to their emotions to get them motivated. Yeah. And if you're angry, like there's been times where I've been talking to, to people on Twitter and I'm angry and I kind of just want to yell, but instead I'll just type out, I'll say, this upsets me because of the way that you said this and that's not actually, you know, so that, you know, you don't have to fly off the handle every single time someone disagrees with you. All you have to do is be respectful and communicate that people are really receptive to it. Really they very are. receptive to it. Receptive and it's novel. in a big way. These days it's novel. It to is be novel nice on the internet and people are like oh, a breath of fresh air. Yeah. They'll, they'll talk to you more. What? This person's being what? Civil like, and logical civil? and pragmatic and you nice just and empathetic. Nice? What? Look, Bruce Lee said one of the best lessons that you can learn in your life is to master how to remain calm. Bruce Lee said that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He could he could punch a hole through a redwood tree. That's what I heard. That's actually not true. Anyway, we're going to wrap up this uh, Tuesday Bro News Day, you guys. I will have links all over the place, all down in the description. Uh, clickable links will be on grimgreen.com, and that's where the podcast will be as well. But I'll have links all down in the description so you can reread about any of the stuff we talked about. Remember, when you're out there on Twitter, just kill them with kindness. That's all you have to do. You murder them with kindness. You be the mm -hmm. kindest, most respectful, generous person you can possibly be. And, and it's also hard to stay mad at someone who's being so nice to you, you know? Exactly. Like Exa it disarms them. It, it completely disarms, disarms them. them. Complete. I've had it done to me where I've been in the, you know, aggressive position and mm -hmm. someone comes at me with kindness and I just go, well, now I don't know what to do. <laughs> right. Exactly. Why are you being so nice? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Also find a way to agree with them. That's a key. It doesn't matter what it's about. Find some way to write, I agree with you. Yep. Because that also disarms them because yep. you're not fighting every single thing they yeah. say. In a big way. 
in a big way. Uh, let me do these last two super chats. Viking Vapor, will you ever pair a mead flavored juice with mead? Sure, bro. I haven't. I don't have a lot of experience in with mead. I worked uh, when I was at Starbucks. I worked with this guy who brewed his own mead out of uh, honey. I think he, he yeah. That's fermented. how mead is brewed. Honey, honey, right? Honey. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he brought some in. I took it home. Had a little bit. I'm like, wow, that's a that's a damn thing. It's like uh, moonshine a little bit. It's like fermented. We actually just uh, bought some for Thanksgiving. Did we, you we buy wanted mead? To try it. Oh. Yeah, we bought a bottle of mead, so I'll let you know how it goes. Oh, yeah. Let me know how that goes. Shit, Viking Vapor. I'll pair it up. And finally, the uh, Jugga 17, Joshua, because no vlog day. See you next week. I, look, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, uh, Joshua. And yes, there is no, no vlog this week. I'm taking... Thursday off. It's Thanksgiving. I'm going to hang out with my wife. We set up our Christmas tree. We did a live stream of it last night with my patrons. It was really great. A lot of fun. I really messed up hanging some ornaments, man. It's okay. I had a little bit of shed time. And so I just hung a bunch of Mickey ornaments all in the same spot on the tree. And Casey walks up and she's like, what are you doing? Why are there like eight Mickey ornaments right in the middle of the tree? I'm like, they looks, were lonely. It looks fine. That's I don't know. Saying. Yeah, they were. It looks fine to me. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, um, thank you so much, you guys, uh, for coming out. Uh, really appreciate it. On behalf of Danielle Jones and the Grim Green YouTube channel, I'll say this. Remember that no matter what anybody tells you, vaping is an order of magnitude less harmful for you than burning to deadly combustible tobacco cigarettes and... Nicotine is not as addictive as you think it is. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for watching. Uh, be excellent to each other. Peace out. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.